Well, greetings, gentlemen. Praise God, the sun in Africa today. You guys must have been playing some songs because we have success. We have great success, in fact. I might uh, actually close. Everyone, you go. Can you close that? This one. Uh, yeah, perfect. That yeah, that one's good. Thank you. Much better. Things are bright around these parts. Last night we had a absolute downpour. And uh, today, it has been an incredible sunshine to the point where I think I have sunburned myself. Uh, the redneck meme is alive and well. In South Africa, the Afrikaners have a word, roynek, the redneck, was for the British soldiers who had come out. And the, the only thing obviously showing through their uniform is their neck. And it would be very red, very, very red. Drongo, good evening, fine sir. David, we are in here, boys. Frankly. Wonderful to have you. Thankfully, very thankful, very grateful. So I thought we'd have I thought we'd have a little romp uh, today. Um, I titled this one "Nationalists Who Happen to Be Christian." You know, we've we've spoken quite a lot in the past about domain. You know, rightly understanding domains and authorities. Um, there we go. Alrighty, and. Uh, So many of us from the Christian frame, we think, well, not think, we've been told, we've been taught our whole lives that the church will be the salvation of the nation. And now spiritually, yes, spiritually, the church is definitely the salvation uh, of the nation. You know, you want, you want uh, pastors and missionaries and evangelists uh, to be discipling their people, to be uh, evangelizing their people, to be pastoring their people. Praise God. Praise God for that. But when it comes to cultural dominion, when it comes to the authority of the crown, the authority of the sword, the church is not the one who is to pick up the crown or the sword. You know, we saw what happened uh, in Europe with uh, the Catholic church when they pick up the, the sword, you know, and start the Inquisition and the Crusades and, uh, you know, all these papal wars and everything like that. Um, there's an incredible misunderstanding of the executory power of the state. You know, God has ordained judges and kings, you know, and then you get all the, oh, but Scott, uh, the kings are not actually what God wanted. He says it right there. Samuel says, you know, and you bloody guys have rejected God and you want a king. A grandparent cry. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But what is, what is, you know, so, when you talk about what is, God has instituted kings. God has instituted judges. God has instituted that there would be a righteous minister who will bear the sword, wear the crown, bear the sword, to punish evildoers, to punish the wicked, and to reward and edify and encourage the righteous. You know, and we spoke in yesterday's stream that a state or a government is to protect and serve its people or its nation's interests. The church is for the sanctification of those people. You know, so, so Paul talks about, you know, reaching different people groups by going in and planting churches, right? So you go and plant a church in Samaria, in uh, Greece, in Rome, in Ethiopia. Uh, God bless that eunuch, poor bugger. You know, you, you, the church is to go and sanctify and, and to evangelize 
the nations. But when it comes to the actual governance of those nations, Caesar is never done away with. You know, so a lot of people are like, give unto God what is God's and unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And then you become a Christian and they're like, oh, Caesar is no more. There's no such thing as Caesar anymore. It's just God. Well, it, it, these same people then say Romans 13 and submit to the evil governor and all this kind of stuff. It's like some crazy stuff going on. But basically, Caesar was never abrogated, right? So Caesar is a God-ordained authority system. Any any man through through the lawfully set up systems, you know, if in, in that case with Caesar in Rome, it was a parliamentary or a republican system uh, at one point. And so in order to become Caesar, there were channels that you could go and become Caesar, even if you were a Christian. Um, obviously, it had to be a Roman who became a Christian. You know, and then when it's empire, you know, and, and it's like, oh, then that'll be right of conquest, you know. And and that's this thing where a lot of, of liberal Christians are like, oh, you know, w- Christian nationalism is evil and it's terrible. And it's like, but you're happy with clown nationalism. You're happy with clown tyranny and globalism. Yes, because they're in power. So it's like, oh, okay, so if I'm in power, then you will obey me. You know, and they're like, no, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, freak out. But it's like, no, like you will follow power. The church always follows power. The NPCs always follow power. You know, and that's why in, in, in past kind of conversations, I've always been of the opinion that if you are going to run for political office, in the Anglosphere, not to run as a Christian. I would not advertise that I'm a Christian. And it's like, oh, but Scott, that is, that's dishonoring God, you know? And it's like, no, the church will crucify you, you know? If the church had found out in 2015 that Donald Trump was a Christian, they would have crucified him for being a bad Christian. If the church finds out that Ron DeSantis is a Christian, they'll crucify him for being a bad Christian. But the moment Donald Trump gets into office and has power, the moment Ron DeSantis gets into office and has power, now all the Christians are like, you know, any little, oh, did you hear Donald Trump held a Bible? Oh, praise God. And they write all these amazing stories about him and being this wonderful Christian. You know, oh, Ron DeSantis, did you hear he went to someone's prayer meeting? Oh, you know, God has given us this amazing governor, you know. But you you cannot do that before power. You know, before power, they will crucify you. Once you're in power, they will come and wash your feet and love you and kiss you and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, just thinking this through for us who are Christian nationalists, you know, I've really been been kind of thinking this thing through. Now, obviously in the church, in, in the priestly domain, the, the domain of ministry, the ministerial domain, we are all Christian nationalists, right? Because we've all grown up in the church. We've been little little priestly boys who've all been dropped off at the church and grown up in the church. And the church is everything, brothers. The church is everything. There's nothing outside there. It's all evil and bad. And you know, just pray for Jesus to come back, brothers. And this is what we've been brought up in, right? And that's why we all kill the, the pastors. And there's always church splits. And there's always uh, infighting in churches because we're all these little boys who are crying out for a war crying out for dominion, crying out to be a patriarch and, and a leader and a, a a doer of mighty things. But the only place we can do it in is in the ministry domain, in the church domain. And in that domain, we kind of have to use this term Christian nationalist to have all these normies understand, 
yes, we're nationalists. Yes, we want protections of our people in place, but we want it in a for Christian in a Christian mor morality, a Christian uh, worldview, as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and then everyone's like, oh, let me just check CNN to make sure that I'm allowed to see. Oh, CNN said that's evil. You know, and, and it's just like we're, we're barking up the wrong tree, trying to appeal to the ministry voice, trying to appeal even to the academics and the media people. And, they, you know, like they are not, they are always going to follow power. They are the feminine institutions. They're always going to follow power. Once you're in power and you say, yes, I'm a Christian nationalist. Oh, I've always been a Christian nationalist, but I've always been, you know, you'll get all these academics coming out the woodwork. You get all these pastors coming out the woodwork and they're like, I've always been a Christian nationalist. I was like, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You know, glad to have you. Glad to have you on board. But where the power lies is in the economy domain and in the, the government domain. You know, this is the, the sword, the crown, and the gold. And so in this domain, we are nationalists who happen to be Christians. You know, we are crushing in economy and we happen to be Christians. We are crushing in government and we happen to be Christians. You know, for, for, for a certain instance with media, like we're crushing in media and we happen to be Christians. And this offends both Christians and non-Christians alike. Because how dare some man come along and crush and be a Christian? Ooh, we're going we're gonna to crucify you. You made a mean tweet. And I was like, no, I don't care. But, but you're a Christian. I was like, no, like... I don't care for for a, being approved of by the ministry domain. I don't care of being approved of by the academia elite and the media elite. Like, no, like, I don't care. And you almost have to get to this point of offending these ministerial and priestly sensibilities and academic sensibilities. You know, that's why, like, no great movement is ever, no great political, uh, cultural movement is ever led by... Um, academic boys you know these these boys who want to be clever and approved of by all the big institutions and stuff it's led by these dudes in government and in in economy who are crushing rough men but who want to do it as unto the lord who sincerely are after the lord and you know all these priestly and academic guys the priestly guys come along and they're like ah these guys are rough men they they they're dirty they're dirty men i don't want them in my church i won't touch them with a 10-foot pole and all the academics come along and they're like, they're stupid. They are ATIQ grug brains who don't have any refined culture about them. And it's like, that's why they crush. That's why pastors don't crush. That's why academics don't crush outside of their domains. In their domains, oh, everyone loves me and I'm a special boy. But in government and economy, you know, you, you get a pastor who starts to try and crush in the culture. You know, Mark Driscoll would be one of them. And it's like, boom, very quickly destroyed. You know, any, any pastor who wants to crush outside of the domain of ministry, he's going to have to put off the cloak of pastor. He's going to have to put off the cap of pastor and embrace the cap of king, of chief, of political leader, of media cultural leader in order to actually affect change outside of the ministerial domain. Copper star, if only the Catholic church was still so based. Well, <laughs> who dares wins? Spain turned out all right. You know, the, the great reconquista. But even there, you know, I would argue, I would argue that the reconquista was not by priestly boys. 
you know, the, the Crusades were not by priestly boys. And I would even argue that, that the papal system, the papal machinery, uh, was far more economic and political than it was ministerial. You know, it's all, it's all very interesting. We can, we can go in this, in this deep rabbit hole as we're Matt. Good morning. And a great start to the day. I praise God, frankly. So where I, where I wanted to go with this though, is to really encourage us as far as whatever domain God has put us in, you know, and this is not to disparage the priests. I, you know, I come out strong against the priestly boys and the academics, not because I'm maliciously hostile to them. It's because they think that they will affect change by just having their domains as the focus of a cultural revolution or reformation. It has to be broad. It has to be the broad, all of Christ for all of life, all of Christian men for all of hierarchies. You know, that is what we mean by Christian nationalism. We mean nationalist men. We mean economic men, government men, media men who happen to be at the top of their hierarchies, who are crushing for their people, for their place, who happen to be doing it unto the Lord. You know, and that's where this kind of breakdown in our society has been. You know, until we get back to the place of politicians uh, tweeting each other and ending it with, in the year of our Lord Christ, uh, you know, God's finest blessings to you, my brother in Christ. You know, you read all of the founding fathers' letters to each other. It was just so deeply steeped in Christianity. They were nationalists who happened to be deeply Christian. Now, we have Christians who are petrified of being nationalists. We have Christians who are petrified of leaving the domain of the church, you know, leaving the four walls of the church because I might get dirty out there. I might have to fight a clown. I might have to say mean words, you know, and, and if you are generally called to be a priest, a pastor, an evangelist, a missionary, whatever, you know, you probably will not be a rough man. You probably will be called to a higher standard of morality toward your enemies, toward people, toward uh, scenarios than would be afforded to the men who are not in that domain, you know, because it's like we are crying out for a rough king. You know, that is what the, the, the upswell support of support for Donald was in 2015, 2016. Oh my gosh, a rough man in, econ in the economy domain, an absolute patriarch crashing in the, in the economic domain and the media domain is now going to lead us in the political domain. He is going to become our captain. He's going to become our king and he will be rough on our behalf. Even the most lily priestly boys were like, oh, this is wonderful. We love you, Donald, you know? Because they realized for once that the church was not able to affect in the political realm, in the economic realm, in the media realm, in the academic realm, the reformation that they can only achieve in their domain, you know? And of course, that is, you know, the great, the great strength of the church is that all of these men will come into your organization and you will edify them and sanctify them and uh, push them, bless them back into their domains to go and crush. And then you're not going to be a soul who gets jealous of all of their crushingness. And it's like, oh, he took my glory. You know, it's like, no, you have your own glory. You have your own domain. You have your own authority. But these guys need to be blessed and they need to be pushed into their domains. And so I think you know, that that's my, my encouragement to, to the pastors. But it's like for the, for the rest of you guys who are in these other domains of, of business, of media, of academia, of, of government, whatever your domain. 
you have to stop being afraid of upsetting Christian norms, of, of being held to Christian good boy, nice boy, effeminate boy uh, standards. You know, because your enemy knows this. Your enemy knows, oh, this is a Christian? Well, Jesus would never start a business that funds these things. Jesus would never exclude somebody from the tribe. Jesus would never run for political office. Jesus would never put up a border wall. Jesus would never deport 60 million uh, immigrants. You know, and it's like, yeah, it's literally to the point of like, yeah, I'm not Jesus. I am Jesus's agent in this domain and I'm going to crash because I'm clean. I'm clean, bro. You can't shame me. You can't uh, condemn me. You can't manipulate me to the Christian standards of the priest. It was like, not a priest, not my, not my church, not my monkeys. Like here I am crushing. And when I'm, when I've done my crushing as unto the Lord, maybe the priestly boys and the academic boys and the media boys will all, will all come and sing my praises. You know, that's the point of all great men in government and economy uh, and any other domains, really. If you, if you dare to go and crush as unto the Lord, you're going to have so much opposition from those who are petrified of besmirching, you know, their clean uh, risk averse persona, you know? And so you're going to have, you're going to have rough men who are not unto the Lord take positions. You know, all of our politicians now are wicked, scheming, manipulating bastards because there's a bunch of Christians who have skill at the scheming game, who have skill at the political game, who don't mind playing the dirty game to get to the top of the hierarchy for their people. Oh, our guys are all in filling up the bureaucracy. Oh, our guys are all filling up the media slots. Oh, our guys are all filling up the big business uh, chairman seats. Oh, our guys are all filling up uh, the, you know, name your domain thing that is dirty. It's a dirty domain. And it's like, well, praise God, it's our guys. You know, they're doing the dirty work for us, you know? It's that whole thing of of no one wants to be a trash uh, the trash man, you know, uh, a garbage man, you know, what a dirty job, but we all use him. We're all happy to use him. You know, he drives in there, collects your trash once a week. He drives it off. They have to sort it. These huge sorting lines, you're getting all the stuff sprayed on you and junk and crap. And then it's off to the landfill and what a crap job, you know, barely one in a thousand dudes does that job, but man, do we use him? Are we thankful for him doing that dirty job? You know, the sewage guys, the guy who comes and pumps your sewage septic tank, what a dirty job. I don't want to do that job, but God bless the man who does. There's no difference with politics. It's just instead of physical dirt, it's moral dirt. It's spiritual dirt. It's absolute survival of our people dirt. And it's like, oh, I would never want to do that job. And it's like, yeah, but praise God for the one in a thousand man who will. I'll gladly avail uh, of his uh, avail myself of his services, you know. God bless that man who's willing to go and be a rough man and do the dirty work in in all these domains, you know. Praise God, DVG. Welcome, fine sir. <clears throat> Copper star. We are rough men, so naturally we despise the weak, soft hands. DVG. It was Solomon at the top of his dominion game who witnessed so deeply to the queen of Sheba. You know, and, and that's the whole thing, you know, understanding again our, our institutional powers, you know. We want we want our guys to be at the top of the political 
hierarchy. We want our guys at the top of the economic hierarchies. We want our guys at the top of the media and academia and ministry. You know, believe it or not, we the ministry hierarchies are not always our guys. You know, you go into a church and you're like, I don't know if this pastor is our guy. You know, you want your guys to even the small little institutions of the, the individual church. You know, you go to, to a church and it's your guy who's the pastor. He's absolutely crushing as unto the Lord. You know, he's a patriarch. He's taking dominion for the Lord in his domain. He's encouraging the man. You're like, it's our guy. You know, praise God. You, you're jubilant. You know, you, you, you see guys in the media domain who are throwing a little bit of red meat. And you're like, could this be our guy? <laughs> you know, academia as well. You see some academia guys who are like, you know, doing studies in the right, in the right way, or they subverting the Marxist, uh, you know, institutions like God bless man. It's like, this is our guy. Praise God. Who dares wins. Franco had the right idea. Let me tell you, we could learn a lot from that fine gentleman. DVG. It wasn't whoever the high priest was who witnessed her to her. At the end of the day, generally speaking, the prophets and priests are sent to their own kings or crushers, but it's still up to the king or crusher to move. The, to move. the crusher doesn't serve the priest. That's a really good point, you know, of, of the queen of Sheba. She understood. She was like, this is my domain, the, the government domain. And so she was witnessed to by another person in the government domain. And she changed culture, right? Her, her country that she went back to was forever changed because a man who happened to be God-fearing in his domain was able to, exactly like you say, really good. David, welcome, fine sir. Yep, God bless and vindicate the guys getting their moral hands dirty. Yeah, God bless them. You know, because who are they doing it on behalf of? You know, it's that whole thing of Jehu, right? Jehu, absolute rough bastard, you know? And it's like, but everyone is very happy that he was there, rough bastard. You know, it's like, we all have these Ahabs and these Jezebels parading around at the top of all of our hierarchies. And we're all just praying, oh God, please save us from these Jezebels and Ahabs, you know? And then a Jehu comes along, he's like, I'll do it, <laughs> you know? And we're like, oh, I don't know if I'm okay with that. But then after he's done it, you're like, oh, wonderful. You know, I can come in because the palace is clean now. DVD, David had to be willing to cut foreskins to win at diplomacy. Solomon had to be willing to split the baby to win at justice. Dirty hands, clean money. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're offended. You know, we're offended at David. We're offended at Solomon. You know, we're offended at Abraham. We're offended at all these, these guys because we're we, our generation. We're the libertarian generation, but we're also the priestly boy generation, right? We're the generation who has grown up with like the church is all that matters, boys. Becoming a pastor is all that matters, boys. And we're so offended when we actually see a proper king, a proper patriarch, a proper, um, you know, whatever your domain is, go, you know, a warrior, go and, and make war in his domain. And you're like, Ooh, I wouldn't have said it that way. I wouldn't have done it that way. That's not very Christian. And that's where we get to the points of like, yeah, I don't care for your Christian morality or your Christian pers uh, What's the word I want to use here? Because we care very deeply for God's morality, for, for appro being approved of by God. But the way a king would do something is not the way a priestly boy would do something. Praise God. Where does this leave us? You know, because the majority of us guys, whatever your domain is, we need to think rightly about what God is requiring of us in our domain. You know, for the longest time in the media domain, I try to be a priestly boy. Woo! Is my wife okay? She's getting attacked. 
um, for the for the longest time, I tried to operate in the ministry domain, in the media domain, how I thought a priestly boy should do it, you know. And the media domain is not the priestly domain, you know. There are there are things in this domain that a lot of guys are going to get offended about because it's like, how dare you do it that way? How dare you do this? And how you are a Christian? How dare you say this one thing? You're a Christian. How dare you? You know, whatever the case, and it's like, you know, not not a pastor chap. <laughs> Sorry, you know, same way in business, same way in 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 the political domain. After the fact, once you have power. Once you're at the top of the hierarchy, all these same boys who try to crucify you will be like, oh, that's our guy. That's our guy. So happy he's our guy. So I just want to encourage you guys, man. Our call is to be, be a patriarch. Be a patriarch of your family. You know, don't, don't be a priestly boy of your family. Don't be a pastor of your family. All these books are written, you know, wild at heart. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to rip on wild at heart. It's been 10 years since I read it. It might actually be good. But, but it's just that's the whole flow that I was in. But it's like... You know, you've got to love your wife and love your children. And it's like, no rule, be a king. Absolutely kill the clown that comes through the door to, to come after your wife. Kill the clown who comes after your child. Feds, this is metaphorical, please. You know, this is not a boog post. Kill the TV. Kill the, the, the application for your child to go, for your daughter to go to college. Kill uh, your wife having to go and work for some clown. Kill absolutely be a Jehu for your family. You know, your wife wants you to be a king, to go and crush, to be an Abraham, you know, doesn't want you to be a little priestly boy, you know, oh, I hope everything's going to be okay. It's like, no, go crush for your family, you know. So just want to encourage you guys. At the end of the day, we are deeply Christian. We are deeply Christian but it's not in the way that all these liberal Christians are framing. You know, I'm a nationalist who happens to be a Christian. I am a man who happens to be a Christian. I am a patriarch who happens to be a Christian. I'm a husband who happens to be a Christian. I praise God, inshallah, one day will be a father who happens to be Christian. I will be a media man who happens to be Christian. So I'm going to be the, I'm going to crush at media. I'm going to crush at family, crush at economy, crush in government as unto the Lord because he saved me. But I don't just like, oh, the Lord is all that matters. So now I'm not going to do any of that because it could dirty my hands. It's like, no, God is pleased. God is pleased by me going and crushing as unto the Lord. So praise God. DVG, everyone happy that Ehud lied about having a secret message to tell King Eglon in order to assassinate him. Everyone happy to be free. If Ehud followed priestly boy's rules, no one would have been free. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's this, it's this, it's this thing we're grappling with. You know, we're grappling with the loss. You know, when when we're in peacetime and we have a king who is in place and all of our hierarchies are in place for our people to serve our people, then morality becomes very important of not lying to our people, of not, uh, you know, shafting our people, of not being a rough man to our people. But when you're at, at a kind of war place where, where the clowns are infiltrating and the clowns are in your institutions and the clowns are... It's like, chap, you know, the way that most liberal Christians would understand this is like, don't tittletale on Anne Frank. Do you understand that? Oh, I understand that. But but this is not that time. It's like, this is that time. Don't tittletale on Anne Frank, little liberal boy. Anyway, praise God, gentlemen. That was a fun little rant. 